Hello and welcome to the Points League podcast presented by NBA Jam 2K22 Elite Fantasy Basketball. I'm your host, Patrick Greenlaw. Podcasting live once again from the 206 on the morning of October 14th. And today we have a spicy topic. We're going to be dropping bombs this morning with the NBA Jam 2K22 Power Rankings. Presented for the first time ever in podcast format. And so the format of today's podcast is I will go ahead and jump into my power rankings. We're actually going to hear from Fives BC GM Canon Rupel a little bit later in the podcast to get his take. So we're going to be getting two different rankings, kind of like an AP and a coach's poll, if you will. Um, what I will say is that these rankings were incredibly difficult to come up with because obviously we haven't seen a single meaningful game yet at this point, And we just basically have 10 teams with 14 active players. And just looking at it from a probability perspective, all else being equal, each of the teams, you know, would have about a 10% chance of winning the league at this stage. Now, based on their draft, that number for the best teams might be as high as 12 or 13 percent and for the worst teams as low as seven or eight percent. But at this point, even the worst teams in these power rankings has a chance to win the league. So don't get me wrong. If you're lower in the rankings, I'm not writing you off. It's just that as your team stands right now in this exact ship, you know, point in time, I don't love your team. Um, Again, this is not going to be accounting for in-season management, trades, injuries, any number of things that could happen during the season that could affect your power rankings in a positive or negative way. So, you know, there's a path to contention. There's a path to a championship for every one of these teams. Having said all of that, let me go ahead and jump right into my power rankings And for me, this might come as a bit of a surprise to some people out there, but in the number 10 slot, I have Zen Master. And the reason why is because I just didn't love the middle rounds of that Zen Master draft. So the early rounds went just fine. You had Steph Curry, Vucevic, and Mitchell. But then you get into some of the mid rounds. Christian Wood in the fourth. Trade concerns, possibly, with the Houston Rockets. Kristaps Porzingis. Has a trouble staying healthy every season. Same with Yusuf Nurkic. Ben Simmons, he just barely reported to camp. He has questions if he's even going to be engaged or if he's not, you know, going to give it 75%. Um, Karis LeVert, always hurt. Kemba Walker, same thing. Injury concerns, uh, question marks over his effectiveness and his productivity. Um, Then you have Mike Conley. And then you have Tyrese Maxey, who already got cut because of Ben Simmons coming back. So you look at the mid-rounds of that Zen Master draft, and essentially, I just named six or seven guys who I have question marks, or there are question marks for virtually every single one of them. So just too many questions on that Zen Master squad for me to rank him any higher. Now we know that Zen Master is an effective in-season manager. Um, We know that he's going to be active on the trade market. He's going to be active on the free agent market. He's a good manager. I just don't love his draft. But again, there's a path to contention for this Zen Master squad. Make no mistake. 
So um, moving on to the ninth team, I have the Attack Rabbit coming in as ninth. Um, mainly just due to the first two guys on his squad being Embiid and AD, guys that are, you know, question. you have two big men with questionable injury history as your top two picks. You also have Shy Gilgis Alexander as the fourth pick who, you know, could get shut down or traded midseason. Miles Turner, I didn't really love that pick. I didn't love the Michael Bridges pick. Um, I did like the Porter Jr. pick. I actually thought Rashawn Holmes is a solid guy to have. Um, and then Cade Cunningham and Jalen Suggs. So you have a couple of, you know, young rookies with a lot of potential. So there's some good things on this attack rabbit squad, but too many question marks early in the draft for me to rank him too much higher at this point. Um, moving on to number eight, I have Northwest Webb coming in eighth. Overall, I actually feel like Northwest Webb has a pretty solid squad. Um, it just felt like a lot of guys were kind of like more or less safe picks. I don't see too many super high upside guys on the squad. Um, Damian Lillard, like I said, I thought was a bit of a reach. Now I thought Bam, Jimmy, and Brandon Ingram were all good picks. Drew Holiday, a good pick. All guys that are kind of safe. Um, Jared Allen, kind of a high floor, low ceiling guy. Tyrese Halliburton. That's the big question mark on this squad for me is, is the usage on Tyrese Halliburton. I think Tyrese Halliburton's a good player, but again, you have Fox, you have Buddy Heald, you have Harrison Barnes all starting over him. Now you also have Davion Mitchell, their first round pick, who's getting a lot of buzz this preseason. So Tyrese Halliburton with that 64th pick, you know, we'll see as far as the usage is concerned there. Um, Covington, Smart, Bridges, Noel, all these guys are like good guys. But, you know, as far as like breakout candidates, I'm not seeing anyone. So with Northwest Web, I would say solid squad at this stage. Um, you know, I really had him kind of have him more in that middle tier of our league at this point. So not a bad squad, but I'm not ranking him that much higher at this stage. Um, number seven, we're going to go with the soy boys in that number seven power ranking. And actually I really liked the soy boys draft except for Kyrie Irving. Um, but that's just like your fourth pick. The fact that he might not play at all is massive, right? But you've got Jokic, LeBron, Randall, Chris Paul, Draymond, Siakam, Dinwiddie, RJ Barrett, Reggie Jackson. I like all those picks. I actually thought that Soy Boys had a good draft, but he's getting knocked down a few pegs because of the Kyrie Irving deal. Now, if Kyrie comes back, gets vaccinated, and plays, I have this team jumping up probably three or four spots because I actually feel like it's a pretty good team. But you're talking your number four guy might not play at all. And that's why I have him at number seven at this point. Number six. So um, number between number six and number five, I'm really, I was really back and forth this whole time, but number six, I'm going to go with basketball team just because I look at this squad and it's a lot of high upside guys. Um, 
versus like proven names at this point. Um, I really think with basketball team, missing out on getting a top three pick hurt because if you look at it, let's say he had the second pick. You grab a Luka, you might have been able to grab a LaMelo ball closer to the projected slot, maybe around 19. And then at 21, maybe you're grabbing a Zach Levine or a De'Aaron Fox. So if you're looking at it and it's De'Aaron Fox, um, it's Luka, LaMelo ball, Levine or Fox, that's way scarier to me than Sabonis, LaMelo ball, Anthony Edwards. So I think team is a little bit of a victim of his draft slot. Again, going back to the first podcast, I also don't love where Anthony Edwards got selected just based on his projected usage with so many heads in Minnesota. Um, But, you know, I've got you in the top six. That's a playoff spot. And again, if these guys start firing on all cylinders, you've got LaMelo Ball, Ant-Man, you know, Kevin Porter Jr., Scotty Barnes, Hero, uh, Giddy. You have high upside guys that could really turn it on and make an impact later in the season. Number five, I have P-City Ballas. P-City Ballas, actually, I thought his draft was really solid other than like one or two picks kind of in the mid rounds. Um, Kevin Durant makes sense. Trey Young, solid. Fred Van Vliet, solid. Booker, Brogdon, CJ, no complaints about any of those guys. But then you get to the seventh and eighth round. I didn't love the Gordon Hayward pick just because of his, like I said in the last pod, his injury concerns. Um, And then Andre Drummond with the eighth pick. I know he's been playing well in the preseason with Joel Embiid sitting most of the time, but ultimately you're drafting a backup center in the eighth round. I don't see a path where Andre Drummond and Joel Embiid are on the court together that much because just in today's NBA, it's very rare that you see two natural centers on the court at the same time. So, I mean, I guess something could always happen to Joel Embiid and that would make Drummond incredibly valuable. Um, But I just didn't love that seventh and eighth pick. But then Olenek, I like. Alexander Walker, I think that's a solid high upside pick. Aaron Gordon, I like. Brooke Lopez, I don't love that pick. Um, But there you have it. And then Monty Morris and Marvin Bagley. So, I mean, I think... It's a really solid squad. I've got P-City in the top five at this point, which is, again, a pretty firm playoff squad. P-City missed the playoffs last year. I would be surprised, given the way he drafted, you know, I feel like he should at least be able to contend, if not make a playoff spot this this season. So that is the bottom now, that was the fifth pick. So now number four, um, we're starting again in the top four. I have fives BC with that fourth pick. I liked fives BC's draft for the most part. Luca, great pick. Levine, Fox, Murray, no complaints. I think the big X factor for fives BC is going to be this Jaron Jackson pick. Jaron Jackson in his short NBA career has never played a full season. Um, the most games he's ever played is about 58. He's very productive when he's on the court, but is he a big man with 
nagging injury history. Um, is he going to be able to stay fully healthy and be as productive as he was a few years ago? Now, the pathway to usage is there because Valanchunas has been cleared out of the way. So the usage is there if he can stay healthy. Um, the other thing that I'll just want to quickly mention on Jackson is that a few years ago, 2019-2020 was his best uh, overall production, production productive season. He averaged about 27 fantasy points per game. And he went around the same slot as guys like Chris Middleton, Chris Paul, guys who are kind of more in that low to mid 30s range. So for Jaron Jackson, he'll have to stay healthy and increase his production to justify taking him around this area. Um, so we'll see. Again, that's a huge X factor for me for 5s BC at this point. Um, DeMar DeRozan, solid. Garland, solid. Wiggins, solid. Derek White, I don't love that pick, but, you know, he'll have more usage with DeMar DeRozan gone, so I can totally see why that pick was made. Wendell Carter, Harrison Barnes. Later in the draft, he went to, he went ahead and drafted Sengun with the, the last pick, and I feel like with the Houston Rockets, it could reach a situation where Christian Wood, you know, is kind of one of those tradable assets and a more of a veteran guy. So I could easily see it where Christian Wood gets moved, you know, by midseason. And if that happens, then Sangoon could be a stud with that last pick. So overall, I really like 5's BC's squad, and that's why I have them in the top four. A few question marks, but overall, I felt like it was a really solid draft. Um, number three, I have Double Jeezy in the top three of the NBA Jam 2K22 Power Rankings. Another draft where I really like it, just with one big question mark, and that's Zion Williams' fractured foot. Um, but you go through it, Giannis... Makes sense. Beal, Steele with the 18th pick. Zion. John Morant, great pick. Middleton, great pick. Jeremy Grant, I like it. Sexton, I like it. Chris Boucher should be healthy by the first or second game of the season. I like it. Jalen Green, I like it. So you just go through those first nine picks, and I like pretty much every single one of them, but the big thing, the big X factor for double GZ is going to be Zion Williamson. Will he be able to you know, be healthy for most of the season. If he is, then watch out for double Jeezy. Um, the second team. So, you know, obviously I don't play fantasy basketball unless I feel like I have a pretty good chance of winning. It may come off as a bit biased, but I have myself at least I'm not first, but I have myself in that second spot. Um, you know, of course, I drafted the team, so, you know, I like it. Um, but being realistic, I love the James Harden pick, especially now that Kyrie is out um, or looking like he's going to be out. So that number five pick could easily be top two or three value, in my opinion. We'll see what actually plays out. Paul George, I love the opportunities and the usage there on the Clippers. The big question mark for me 
on my squad that I'm asking myself a little bit is that Russell Westbrook pick with the third pick. I'm not going to lie. There's been a little bit of a seed of doubt that's planted in my head after watching some of those Lakers preseason games. We know that LeBron James likes to surround himself with shooters. Russell Westbrook isn't really a shooter. Having said that, um, I still feel like, you know, there's going to be games that LeBron sits. There's going to be games that AD sits. I still think Russell Westbrook's going to have a good season. But uh, I'm not quite as confident as the first podcast when I pretty confidently projected that he would be a 40 fantasy points per game player. I could totally still see it happening. But now there's a little bit of seed of doubt in my mind of like, okay, now I could actually see it where he doesn't really mesh very well with LeBron and he's not a 40 fantasy point per game guy. So that's an admission of something that I don't like on my team. Other than that, I like Jalen Brown. I thought Tobias Harris was good value. I thought OG Ananobi was great value. He's been crushing it in the preseason. Kyle Lowry, you know, I'm okay on. Um, If you look at my team, I have the worst centers in the league, arguably. Um, My philosophy was more of draft the best player available. And as long as I have a couple of centers that are at least giving me above replacement level value, giving me at least 24 to 27 fantasy points per game. As long as I have like three of those guys, um, Podal, Plumlee, and Gafford, like I don't really care that I don't have the best centers in the league as long as all of the other positions on my team are firing on all cylinders. Where that could be tested is if guys start to get hurt or if some of these guys are not as effective as I'm projecting. But at this point, I'm sticking firm to my strategy of drafting the best player available and then drafting centers, you know, drafting for position later. Um, I'm I'm not quite at the point yet where I'm going to be trading like a 35 point per game small forward for a 32 point per game center. I'm still valuing points over positions. So from that perspective, I really like my squad. Um, And then number one, that leaves us with Virginia Skyhawks. And I mean, really, I don't see any question marks on this squad until like we get later in the draft. But I like Cat, Tatum, Gobert, Ayton, Collins, Lonzo, Rozier, Russell, and Heald. There are really not many question marks about any of those guys. Um, number 10, he drafted Evan Mobley. I don't love that pick. When I was doing my pre-draft scouting on Evan Mobley, he's just a guy that seems like he's going to need some adjusting to the NBA game. He's coming out of college a little bit undersized and a little, like he needs to put on some weight to really, um, make an impact at this level. So I'm not projecting Evan Mobley to be like an a fantasy stud right away, especially when you look at it in, and they've got Jared Allen, Markinen, and Kevin Love on the squad as well. Um, I do think Evan Mobley is going to be a heck of a player, but I think like most big man prospects that usually take a few years to really hit their stride, um, I see the same for Evan Mobley. I don't see immediate fantasy returns, but you're talking about a guy who was drafted in the 10th round, and that's really the only big question mark I have on this squad. 
And then I also look at it as Virginia Skyhawks was in the championship last season. So I've got him ranked ahead of me, maybe just only for that reason. Um, But again, I'm very confident in my own squad as well. So there you have it. Um, Just to go ahead and recap my top 10 in order, I have number one, Virginia Skyhawks, number two, Seattle Sonics, number three, Double Jeezy, number four, Fives BC, number five, Peace City Ballas, number six, Basketball Team, number seven, The Soy Boys, number eight, Northwest Web, number nine, The Attack Rabbit, and number 10, Zen Master. So up next, we're going to go ahead and listen in live to what Canon Rupel from 5BC has to say, and let's get his take on his power rankings. Um, We're all going to be hearing this for the first time, and then I'll be back to reassess and give my opinion on those takes. Hello, this is Canon Rupel of 5BC, and I'm here delivering my preseason NBA Jam power rankings. As of this recording, we're about four days away from tip-off of the NBA regular season, so we thought it was a great time to take a step back after our draft and evaluate each of the NBA Jam rosters. My plan for this segment is to go through teams 10 through 1, provide a couple of things I like, some concerns, and I'll try to identify a key question or X factor for each team. So let's get right into it. At number 10, I have the Attack Rabbit. I really like what the Attack Rabbit did with his third and fourth round picks in securing Michael Porter Jr. and Shea Gilgis Alexander. We look at Michael Porter Jr. with Jamal Murray sidelined. For what looks to be a good chunk of the season, I think he has a great opportunity to continue to elevate his game and showcase more playmaking ability on the ball. He's already established a good understanding with Jokic in terms of cutting off the ball, being in the right spots, so I'm excited to see how that develops this season. My first thought when I saw this roster was my concern, and that is picks one through four, uh, starting with Joel Embiid and going into Anthony Davis and the two guys I just mentioned. You're looking at four guys that are liable to miss games this season. Uh, The first three guys have had pretty shaky injury backgrounds, um, and then SGA has the potential to get shut down at the smallest knock as OKC continues to pursue lottery draft picks. So... The X factor for this team has got to be its health. I think you could say it's the X factor for a lot of our teams. However, given the background of those four guys, um, I think it's especially prevalent for this roster. However, if they are able to stay healthy, I think we could be looking at this team in a different light a couple months down the line. At number nine, I have Northwest Webb. I like what Northwest Webb did with his first five picks. He secured dependable contributors from a fantasy perspective. Damian Lillard, Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, Brandon Ingram, Drew Holiday. For the most part, we do kind of know who these guys are. I think Brandon Ingram especially does have a chance to take a step forward. Um, He could be a top 25, 30 guy this season, especially with Zion Williamson limited by that foot injury for what looks to be at least the first couple weeks of the season. Um, He's going to have a greater responsibility on the offensive end. My concern with this roster is when I'm looking at the latter half, picks 6 through 14, I see a lot of guys in crowded offensive situations. Um, A lot of these players are the fourth, fifth, or sixth offensive option on the respective teams. Um, So I'm a little bit concerned going forward what Northwest Web is going to get out of the latter half of this roster. One of those guys in that mix that I'm going to say is going to be the X factor for this team is Miles Bridges. 
Bridges was selected 97th overall by Webb. Um, last year, he took a major leap forward in terms of his shooting percentages, while his counting stats stayed about the same. However, I think the Charlotte team is going to play really fast. Uh, Bridges has demonstrated a good partnership with Lamella Ball, um, so he could end up he could end up getting more shots this season. Um, if that is the case, I could see him being a top 60 or 70 player. Jumping now to number eight, I have Zen Master. I like what Zen Master did with his first three picks. Very respectable lineup of Steph Curry, Nikola Vucevic, and Donovan Mitchell. I do think Donovan Mitchell has a chance to take another step forward this season offensively. I think Vucevic is a solid pick there. Um, a little bit early, maybe at 15, but he is dependable. Um, there's not a lot of competition on that Bulls roster at his position. Uh, yes, DeMar DeRozan and Lonzo Ball are now in town, but I still see him maintaining a lot of his production. My concern with this team are the three picks after Donovan Mitchell, Christian Wood, Kristaps Porzingis, and Yusuf Nurkic. Um, when healthy, these guys can be pretty elite fantasy players. However, um, just looking at last season alone, a lot these guys missed a large chunk of games. Um, so similar concerns to what we had with the attack rabbit roster. However, if these guys can stay healthy, again, I may be bumping up Zen Master higher in these rankings. The X factor for this team is going to be Ben Simmons. Uh, he was selected 66 overall in the seventh round. Uh, he pulled a George Costanza this week and showed up at the 76ers facility unannounced, acting like nothing had ever happened. Um, so we'll see how he's integrated into this team. Uh, he may end up in a trade, obviously, so that could change his outlook for this season. Um, when healthy and engaged, I think Ben Simmons can be a top 30 to 40 player in our format. However, um, that's a big if, so we'll see where he ends up and how this develops this season. At number seven, we have the defending champ basketball team. Uh, what I like about this roster is basketball team went in with a plan to the draft to take his guys, and that's exactly what he did. Uh, he went with LaMelo Ball with the 12th overall pick, followed that up in the third round with Anthony Edwards. Um, the, there was a lot of shock when these two picks occurred during draft night. However, I do not think these picks are very egregious. Um, you snagged two young guys with a ton of upside um, that later in the season could prove to be really savvy picks there in the second and third round. My concern here is going to focus ar around one player because I think a lot of this roster is very solid, um, and that is Bob Williams. So Bob was selected 52nd overall by basketball team. This is a guy I had sort of in the 80s or 90s. Um, my concern with Bob is he's never played more than 30 minutes in a regular season basketball game. He can put up stats. His per 36 numbers are pretty incredible. His defensive counting stats are up there with some of the best defenders in the league. However, he has not proven he's been able to stay on the court. Um, a lot of that has to do with injury. However, now with Horford and even Cantor in town, um, I am a little bit concerned about getting that leap from Bob that basketball team expects here. The X factor for basketball team is, as I mentioned earlier, it's going to be the leaps from those young guys. There is a lot of potential on this team if those leaps happen. Um, looking at LaMelo Ball, as I mentioned, Anthony Edwards, Kevin Porter Jr., Scotty Barnes. Maybe we get a bounce back season from Tyler Hero. It looks like Mo Bamba is going to get integrated into that Orlando lineup. So if those guys are able to take a step forward, 
I do see basketball team being a playoff contender. However, judging by today and just how young this roster is, I have them just outside of playoff contention. So moving on, looking at the number six team on my power rankings, we have the P-City Ballas. I like what P-City did here with his first seven picks. He secured a ton of pretty elite shooting, uh, just to name a few, Kevin Durant, Trey Young, Van Fleet, Booker, McCollum. Um, all these guys are going to shoot a lot of threes. They'll have the ball in their hands. Um, their teams are expecting them to put up large numbers. Um, so I really like those selections there. I think that is definitely the strength of this roster. My concern here is at the center position. Uh, current rotation on this team is Andre Drummond, Kelly Olynyk, and Brooke Lopez. Uh, with Drummond, you're drafting a backup center. Maybe his value changes if Embiid is injured or misses some chunk of games. Uh, Kelly Olynyk seems to really be um, liked by Dwayne Casey and this Detroit coaching staff. We'll see how that translates in terms of fantasy production and counting stats. Um, so that's not a terrible pick there in round nine. However, if you're depending on him for a full season, um, you can't feel too confident. And Brooke Lopez is someone I was avoiding altogether in this draft. So a uh, key question X factor for P-City Ballas is, can he make a trade or a big move to shore up that center position? Um, he could also probably use another power forward, just as I'm looking at the roster here. Um, if he's able to do that and maybe package some of his mid-round shooting into a productive big, I could see P-City Ballas moving up in these rankings going forward. At number five, we have the Soy Boys. Uh, things I like about this roster, he gets Jokic, the number one player in fantasy last season in our format, and then goes Randall in the third round. I think that both of those are really great picks. We'll see what we get from LeBron. Um, in terms of his load management. Um, I know the Lakers think they're going to contend for a championship this season. So um, maybe he sits uh, you know, 15 to 20 games this season. However, from what it's looked like in the preseason, granted it's preseason, um, the Lakers may need actually to have LeBron engage a little bit more during the season. So if he hits, I think that could be a great pick there at 20th overall. My concern here with Soy Boys uh, is going to focus on one player, and that is Kyrie Irving. He was selected 40th overall in the fourth round by Soy Boys. Um, Kyrie Irving is slated to play in zero games as of today. Um, he is not going to be part of the Nets' plans until he is vaccinated. And so spending a fourth-round pick on that guy is obviously a huge risk. Um, when he's healthy and engaged, he is incredible. Uh, he can be, you know, a top 15, top 10 sort of fantasy player. However, if he's not playing, he's not giving you much value. So the X factor for the Soy Boys, for me, besides Kyrie Irving, is going to be Pascal Siakam. Uh, Soy Boys selected Pascal uh, in the seventh round, 61st overall. He's dealing with that torn labrum. Um, he should be back in November or December. And when he's healthy engaged, he is a top 30 fantasy player, I believe. So Soy Boys can do enough to stay competitive um, until December, which I believe with this roster, he definitely can. I think Pascal Siakam could really bump him up these rankings. Right now, I have Soy Boys at fifth, but with a healthy Siakam and maybe Kyrie Irving comes back, I think this could be a top three roster.
At number four, I have Fives BC. Uh, strength of this lineup, I think, is at the point guard position. You're looking at Luka Doncic, De'Aaron Fox, DeJounte Murray, Darius Garland, Derek White, and Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole, I think, has the opportunity to take a big leap this year. Um, it looks like they're going to be having him in the starting lineup, at least until Clay returns. Unsure when that will be, but I think Poole will provide a lot of value. And that was someone I picked up in the 12th round. My concern with the 5BC roster is at the center position. Uh, right now, starters are Wendell Carter Jr. and Zubak. I think both of these guys can be double-double guys. Um, they're going to shoot good percentages. Um, I'm a little bit worried about the situation with Bamba and Wendell Carter Jr. They have been starting against uh, with each other on the court during the preseason. However, I'm not sure if that will be the plan going forward. Uh, the X factor for this team is going to be two guys, I believe, Jaron Jackson Jr. and Darius Garland. I selected them in the fifth and seventh rounds. Um, I think both of these guys have a chance to take a large leap this season. I'm a little bit nervous that I may be uh, banking on that leap from Darius Garland maybe a season early. Colin Sexton is still there. He was selected one pick after Darius Garland in the 63rd slot. But I believe if I can get the leaps that I am banking on from these guys, I can definitely be a competitive playoff team. At number three, we have the newly minted Virginia Skyhawks. Um, from a roster perspective, this team is sort of the opposite of my build. Um, it's an enormous lineup. Virginia Skyhawks went with five centers or power forward eligible players in the first five picks. Carl Anthony Towns, Jason Tatum, uh, John Collins is in there. So I really like all those picks. We saw that centers were a really scarce position. Um, there was a couple of different runs on centers during our draft. And so having that strength in kind of the core of your lineup is going to be pretty scary the entire season, I predict. So my concerns, and maybe I'm nitpicking a little bit here. Um, I'm just going to single out one guy, and that's Buddy Heald. He was picked in the ninth round. In the ninth round, somewhere I think you still can get a lot of value. Um, and I don't think Buddy Heald's going to provide that this season as long as he's on the Sacramento Kings. I think they are fully embracing their youth movement. Um, he seems like a guy that will probably come off the bench for them. So I'm a little bit worried about his productivity throughout this year. So next up, uh, we have Seattle Sonics. Um, so full disclosure, uh, I created these power rankings before the Zion Williamson news today. Um, if I were to reevaluate, I might have these last two teams uh, flipped. However, I'm going to stick with what I put together. So I have the Seattle Sonics here at the number two slot. I really liked what the Seattle Sonics did here in the draft, especially picks one through eight. I thought he got a ton of value with his first three picks. James Harden at the number five overall. I think Harden has the potential to be a top three player, especially with Kyrie out. Um, Paul George was someone I had in the top 10 projected going into this draft. Uh, Sonics was able to snag him at the 16th slot. Then um, followed that up with Russell Westbrook, someone that he had on his roster last season. So my X Factor slash concern with this team is going to be the man I just mentioned, West, Russell Westbrook. Um, I think that he may 
take a step back in terms of his counting stats that were really important to his productivity last year on Washington? Is he going to be getting the same amount of rebounds? Is he going to be handling the ball enough to get the assist that he has in the past? Um, that we don't know. Uh, from what we've seen from the Lakers so far, it looks a little jammed up. It may not look good for most of the season, to be honest. Um, maybe they have enough talent to outlast and end up in the playoffs, but I'm a little bit worried about that fit and what it's going to look like with the Lakers early on. But he is my X factor um, for this team because I do think that if he's engaged and he is, you know, replacing guys like LeBron and Anthony Davis when they're sitting in terms of usage, uh, he has the potential to be, again, like a top 10, top 15 fantasy player in our format. So if that is the case and you're getting that guy in the third round, um, I think you're going to be in good shape. This is another roster I do not look forward to facing this year. At number one overall, that leaves Double Jeezy. Uh, I like a lot of what Double Jeezy did in the draft. He goes with Giannis, Beal, Zion, Ja Morantz, and uh, Chris Middleton with his first five picks. I think that's extremely solid as a foundation for a fantasy team. Uh, yes, we just got news that Zion Williamson is potentially going to miss more time than anticipated. Uh, the latest is he's going to be reevaluated in a couple weeks. We know that he has a bad history of injuries as well, so that couple of weeks could turn into a couple of months. Um, I am not very bullish on the Pelicans team in general, so if it starts out poorly and Zion's still sidelined, um, you know, what does that look like? How does that impact their plans going forward in terms of playing him? We'll see. Um, so that is sort of my concern and my X factor as well with this roster is that Zion pick in the third round. If he hits, I think this roster is the best in the league, and that's why I have him at the number one spot in my power rankings. However, with Zion's sideline, um, that definitely creates a lot of concern. So that wraps up my preseason NBA Jam power rankings. Uh, if you disagreed with any of my picks or where I had these teams, please reach out to me in the Discord or the group chat and we can discuss further. Uh, I look forward to the season and appreciate you, Patrick, for having me on the pod. Bye. Shots fired. Fives Basketball Club GM, Cannon Rupel. Thank you for coming on the Points League podcast. It was a pleasure to have you. I'm sure our audience and our listeners enjoyed having a fresh take, a different voice, a different perspective besides my own. But again, thanks for coming on and dropping some takes, dropping a top 10 of your own, dropping some knowledge. We made sure coming into this to keep these rankings separate and independent of each other intentionally so that, you know, we weren't swayed by each other's opinions. But what you heard was ultimately we came to a lot of the same conclusions and we had a lot of the same rationale on certain players and certain teams. And I think ultimately that gets reflected in the rankings, which came out different, but pretty similar. But if you look at it, you heard us express that Jaron Jackson is the X factor for fives. We both agreed that Russell Westbrook is a bit of an X factor for the Seattle Sonics. We felt like Andre Drummond has some pretty major concerns. We felt like Bob Williams with team has some concerns. 
um, we discussed that the health status of Joel Embiid, Anthony Davis, and SGA is all a little bit hazy at this point for the attack rabbit. So again, we're drawing, we're coming to a lot of the same conclusions independently. So I thought that was very cool. And again, it gets reflected in the way that we have these 10 teams ranked. So if you look at the rankings side by side, we have the same top three in a different order with the same number two team. We have the same number four team, which was fives. We have the same five through seven, not in the same order, but the same kind of, you know, guys that are going to be competing for that five and sixth playoff spot. And then we have the same eight through 10. And so when you look at the composite rankings, which are just the average of the two rankings side by side, it, you know, shows us that again, we're pretty much on the same page with a lot of things. So a few interesting things about the composite rankings, we have a three-way tie at the top. So the Sonics were the, the number two team in both rankings, and then Double Jeezy and the Skyhawks were both a one and a three. So those three teams tie for a two average. So we have a three-way tie at the top. Um, again, the number four team rounding out the top four is fives. And then looking at that middle tier, we have P-City coming in with a 5.5 average. So that would make him the number five overall ranked team in the composite rankings. Soy Boys had a uh, six average and basketball team had a 6.5 average. And then rounding out the top 10, you have Northwest Web coming in with an average of eight and a half. Zen Master with an average ranking of nine, and the Attack Rabbit with an average of nine and a half. But again, you know, in three days when that ball tips off on October 18th, you can basically rip up these power rankings and throw them away because they're not going to matter. We know that, again, to express what I discussed earlier in the podcast, injuries are going to happen. Trades, transactions are going to happen. Your management throughout the season will be critically important. Um, how you manage those injuries and how you utilize those injured reserve slots will also pay a, play a decisive role. So again, for some of these teams, if you find yourself kind of lower on these rankings, again, ultimately it doesn't really mean that much once that ball tips off. Having said that, I hope that our audience and our listeners enjoyed hearing this, these two rankings because, again, it was not easy to put this together. It was fun to go ahead and put this together, and I'm sure we'll do it again either next year or throughout the season. We will have more content coming out throughout the season, perhaps even an episode dropping before that October 18th date, another one. So stay tuned for that. Um, anything you liked, any positive feedback, let me know anything you didn't agree with hit up Cannon on the discord and he'll take all of the negative feedback. But, um, again, thanks for listening to the points league podcast and we will see you next time.